0: In each episode, you'll hear a real person sharing their story of loss and the insights they have gained that help them on their journey with grief. At Grief Stories, we're helping grief make sense one story at a time. Today's guest is Matt, who talks with us about finding his birth mother and being with her as she died of cancer. Hello, Matt. Welcome to the Grief Stories podcast. Thank you for joining us tonight. Oh, thank you so much for having me, Maureen. Yeah. Um... So with the Grief Stories podcast, what we do is we talk about stories of loss, people's different experiences, and uh, try and, and make some sense of it one story at a time. Matt, can I ask you to share with me um, some of your story of loss?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, <clears throat> my story. My story uh, starts quite literally the day I was born. Um, I was adopted uh, and I was planned to be adopted before I was born. So um, I was adopted at 11 days old, and um, that's where sort of my my, my grief began um, because I uh, sort of my whole life have uh, mourned that loss, that loss of contact, that loss of connection, that sort of primal connection that is uh, so important to so many people, including me. Um, I love my family very much, Uh, my um, adopted family. They uh, did everything they could to raise me as best as they could. Um, But there's still something else, right? So um, when I was 35, I uh, found my biological mother, And, uh, it was something of a dream come true because she was so incredibly welcoming and warm and proud of me. Um, and, uh, so were all of her friends and extended family. Um, I, you know, got to meet cousins and, um, my aunt, um, and, uh, uh, my half brother, uh. And, and they've all welcomed me into their life, so it was a sort of fairy tale thing. Um, until uh, my mom got cancer; she got breast cancer about four years after we had connected, and she died about a year after that. Um, and we—it's uh, this incredible two-sided coin where. <laughs> Um, I am so mad that she was taken from me so soon and I am so happy that I got the time that I did,
2: uh,
1: Uh, that those two things battle each other quite a bit when I, when I, um, deal with grief Uh because my way out is to try and Yeah. Sorry. Go ahead.
0: That's okay. The the threads are really powerful, right? Because the thread of grief goes back to birth.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it was uh yeah, that's a great way to put it. It was um I think I was even it was just this horror that the 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 thread won't grow anymore, you know. There was, <laughs> it was out of thread. Um we were supposed to have so much more thread. Um Yeah. Yeah. So young, right? She was uh she was 59 when she passed. Right. And um we were supposed to have we had plans uh-huh. right we had plans and like everybody has plans but it was i don't know it, how do you have like this sort of this new relationship with someone
2: uh-huh.
1: who is your mother uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> and then and then uh and have all these kind of like crazy plans, like spending a week together somewhere. We got to spend lots of time together when, when she was alive. Um, but, you know, she was going to take my son for a summer and teach him how to surf.
2: <laughs>
1: Cause she lived, she lived on the beach in,
2: right. uh, in
1: Carolina. So surfers everywhere. And uh, she was a surfer, right? Uh, yeah. She was, she was a super cool lady. And uh, she loved, she loved, her grandson more than anything and uh, she was wonderful she was just a wonderful human being so uh, like it was like my dreams came true
0: and then and then they were dashed
1: yeah Um, yeah it was like there was this horrible Shakespearean act three I didn't know about yeah (laughs) yeah you
0: have yeah you have this you have this you know the first act is sort of um a little bit tragic with the yeah. loss of a birth family um, and that connection, even though it's not really tragic because you had also a good family and a and a, a safe, yeah. comfortable place to be loved. Um, but then you have this wonderful realization of the reconnection and it brings everything together and then the crash, right? Yeah.
2: And,
0: and the challenge of that, it sounds like to me was partly how unfair that felt and still probably feels
1: yeah yeah Yeah. unfair is a really good word but at the same time doesn't it feel selfish to not feel that I got I won the lottery just having gotten the four and a half years with her does it not feel like greed Mm
2: -hmm. Uh, it's hard
1: it's hard it's hard to sort of reconcile that piece too because if I hadn't reached out I wouldn't have known her I wouldn't have uh, if I reached out later uh, I would have thought and word that she had passed away and then how would i feel
0: so it's a blessing of the opportunity to know her and those four years that you spent really um enjoying her before her illness was diagnosed and um and then it's that the sadness and the unfairness um, and the the kind of the loss of the hopes and dreams, all those plans that you were making, were really um, just kind of taken away very quickly. Because a year, a year from diagnosis to death is not a very long time in that no. picture, right?
2: No, you no. know
1: it was bad, and you know she was. And there's so many factors, right? There's nothing simple. So uh, the complexity of her being American. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, the healthcare system there, and you know, she died broke.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right.
1: And uh, and her diagnosis came late because it cost money to go to the doctor down there, so she just never did, and mm-hmm. not until she found something, right? Which is never good. Yeah. So yeah. Um, uh, it just it was sort of it's such a complex. It's, there's so many easy things to get mad at. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Um, I found my grief was really wrapped uh, or hit itself. It was like the core of my rage. Uh I was angry more than anything else.
0: Yeah. Well, and and anger, anger is sort of, yeah, right. Anger is hard to carry um, because it kind of burns us a little bit too when we carry it, you know? Yeah. And anger and rage kind of come from the place of, 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 real hurt. Right. Yep.
2: Um,
0: you know, we, we are very vulnerable in our pain and so anger kind of rises up to shield us from being that vulnerable sometimes. Um, and it yeah, can well, really, for sure. yeah, can really impact how you grieve when you're feeling that much anger. Um, because it's hard to get to the sadness and hurt sometimes that can be a real challenge. I,
1: I, you, you, you nailed it. And I think, on top of that, when we're not, you know, at least for myself, I wasn't just battling because I'm, I, I'm a pretty open emotional person. I I feel connected to myself emotionally. I understand who I am. I know those things, um, but I was still battling against all of these, um, this well, for lack of a better term, toxic masculinity that. <laughs> prevents me from that accepts rage as an acceptable uh thing to dwell in
2: Mm -hmm.
0: so much safer to be mad absolutely
1: absolutely absolutely. and we're allowed to be it's permitted yes it's permitted because oh it's he's he's sad he's sad if it's not fair i shouldn't be given that wiggle room to be you know not Uh -uh. kind yeah. Which is what it boils down to. When you're angry, you, you stop being kind.
2: Yeah. And
1: uh, <clears throat> I don't believe there's a real good excuse for that. So uh, at least for myself, I, hold, I try to hold myself to a higher standard. And yeah. having done that was work, right? It yeah. just made the battle harder because I had to break through all those preconceived, uh, acceptable notions that I don't want to
0: exhibit. Mm hmm. And that's and then find a place for the vulnerability and the softness of of the sadness of losing her after just finding her, you know, that yeah. that that real just ache that comes underneath all of the anger and other other feelings that bubble around in there. So, yeah. Matt, tell me, what were some of the things that 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 have helped you sort of move through this grief to a place of a little bit of hope and a little bit of healing with it?
1: Yeah. Uh, I, I'm a, I'm a big softy, so I need lots of stuff. <laughs>
2: mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: Um, I need, I need a lot of things to uh, make me well. And, um, and to, when I'm well, uh, my grief becomes, I don't know how to put it, except I, something I can genuinely dialogue with, as opposed to just try and, ditch all the time right so when uh, what i do is i try to um, express myself through art i do a lot of uh, uh, of art a lot of theater a lot of music um and uh, that helps me uh, express myself music in particular um, because it's uh this great second language that i speak Uh um that allows me to say things that i can't articulate uh in the other language i speak
2: yeah
0: well it seems uh, to me that music works differently in the brain first of all right Mm -hmm. and the other thing that strikes me is that it's actually it's more socially acceptable for your feelings to come out through music than in conversation
1: yes you're absolutely right you're absolutely right i couldn't agree more in fact um don't isn't it the the truth, the sadder the song the better it is <laughs> right? is it tom wait's Tom Waits said I like to hear uh tell me terrible things to beautiful music or something yeah. along those lines."
0: something like that, right because it's the yeah, safe place like that. for for that expression <laughs> of the the really powerful feelings, yeah
1: yeah, yeah music in you know it doesn't even have to be you know there doesn't need to be lyrics I can just play. <laughs> and uh, uh, find that that's enough. Um, but uh, sometimes even that that next step, um, like when my mom passed, I wrote a I wrote a song for her and a full song with lyrics and everything, and had it produced. It's uh, something I listen to sometimes when I need to think about her. Uh-huh. And uh, it was so cathartic
2: uh-huh.
1: to uh, to do that. So I yeah.
0: Yeah, you create this you create this special piece of art that's for her, this song yeah. that you put out in the world. And and then it's almost like it's also dedicated grieving time. When you want to listen to it, you've got that dedicated time that's just hers with this piece of art that's just hers, right? For you.
1: Yeah. And it, it helps it helps with her, you know, this is how we live forever, right? We leave our mark, we pass on our lessons and yeah. You know, I, I want to leave. This is how I I, I honor her through <laughs> art. Uh, and the other way I honor her is by teaching the the lessons that I learned in my short time with her to my son, and making <laughs> sure that he he demonstrates you know all the good things that we like about uh, 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 Americans, right? Grit. Yeah. More grit than anyone I ever knew. And, uh, I, you know, I encourage that, uh, mm-hmm. uh and not so as you, a safety, right?
0: Yeah. You create that legacy of hers to live through love, both in your mm-hmm. memory of her, but also in what you're teaching your child about her and about how to be in this world with her example. Yeah. Right.
1: Yeah. She, yeah. uh, I mean, it was weird when we met, I was a, like I was a, almost 40. I was an adult and, mm-hmm. Um, but she still, she didn't go out of her way to teach me lessons. She just taught me lessons, just like a parent would, by setting the example.
0: Mm-hmm. Just by being and who she was in the world.
1: Exactly. Yeah, exactly. And she was this, this wonderful person and, uh, and, uh, she, everybody loved her and she took no guff
2: and,
1: mm-hmm. um, uh, you know, she, she she was in sales, so she was, she worked hard. She survived. She was a survivor, and then that's sort of the ultimate irony, is that she wasn't. But uh, all the things that she could control, um, she did very well.
0: Yeah, so you have this, you have this story of loss woven through your life. You have the beautiful story of love that is woven beside it and through it and you carry that, you're weaving it through as you carry on uh, living with her memory and what you gained yeah. in the short time you had with her. And the the things that help you with this grief um, include especially the expressive arts and the ability to honor her memory in the ways that you do with your child and in the world. Yeah, yeah,
1: beautiful. Yeah, yeah that's what I try to do, thank you. Yeah, that's what we, that's, that's what, it's, 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 I wouldn't have reached out to her if my son wasn't, uh, uh, if we didn't get pregnant, my wife and I didn't get pregnant, Yeah. at least I, not at the time. That was a, that was a real motivator.
2: We yeah. got pregnant
1: and there was some complications. So it was a matter of, uh, of genetics. We wanted to get genetics and I had no, no idea. So I, that's when I started looking into it. So my son is a real, um, part of this story. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so it's important to me that he knows this story.
0: And that was a real motivator for these, yeah. these beautiful pieces of coming together. If I was to yeah. ask you if you could define grief kind of in one sentence, what would you, what would you describe grief as? Ooh. That's a tough wow, one. What a question. Yeah, yeah
1: it is. Um, I want to use uh can I say whatever I want? And I won't be yeah. promise. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm going to use a metaphor. Uh, okay. Uh, grief is unripened nostalgia. And that's how I see grief. I see it as an, uh, a memory that you want to remember fondly, it's just not ready.
2: Uh...
0: Okay, so you're, how, uh, yeah, how uh, so and and to, to follow that through then, um, the ripeness would be when you find space to hold it softly, when it's yeah. not oh, well, raw, yeah. right? Yeah,
1: yeah, absolutely, absolutely, and you can look at it um, from a more, maybe a, a, a higher level, you can look down at. As opposed to having to be in it
2: all the time, mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm.
1: And you yeah. can be a little more analytical and sort of turn it around, and or, or you know, and and look at it from different angles and say, oh, you know what? That's and, and next thing you know, <laughs> once yeah. you're doing that, uh, all of a sudden you're shaping this memory now So the yeah. thing you want to be nostalgic about. And, um and as long i for me it's it's about being forgiving if it takes a long time
2: mhm um,
0: yeah giving yourself the space time. right the gentleness yeah. of this, giving yourself time and space yeah yeah
1: it's so it's it's so it's so important it's so <laughs> important because you can get frustrated with yourself and that leads me right back to the anger part mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's square one So, um, being, yeah, being really patient and forgiving and and that space is, it's vital.
2: Yeah.
0: Beautiful. Beautiful. Well, thank you so very much for sharing your story with us today, Matt.
1: Oh, thank you so much for having me. This was a lovely chat.
0: Good. Yeah. I love, I appreciate it. I love hearing these stories and all the different ways that people are making space for grief and healing and, and yours is beautiful. And I know that, um, that that's going to touch people we thank you again, so. Yeah, wonderful. Thank you for listening to the Grief Stories podcast. I'm your host, Maureen Pollard. Please remember that grief is universal, but every person's experience of grief is unique. While our interviews are intended to help listeners feel validation and reassurance, we know that this story might be different from your own. Please visit our website, griefstories.org for more stories of hope and healing.